Time to Travel with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you and welcome to this week's edition of Time to Travel. On the show this evening, I'll be chatting with Dania Petrick, one of the finalists in the inaugural Ford Ranger Odyssey 2013 African Adventure. Omnia Hrobler is one of the coordinators of the annual Furkama Fest or Front Room Festival taking place in Darling at the beginning of September and she'll be telling us what we can expect this year. Carl Renders is the marketing director at Fancourt and we'll be chatting about the upcoming Heritage Classic Golf Tournament and the impact that golf has on tourism numbers coming to South Africa. Jenny Prinsler, CEO of the Franschuk Wine Valley, will be joining us again. And this time she'll be telling us about the Franschuk Winter Wines event, which is coming up next weekend. And then I'll be joined on the line by Trudy Oersthuizen, PRO of the Wellington Wine Route. And just when you think you've seen it all, along comes the first ever pop-up Fork and Cork Wellington Wine Festival. So to find out what that's all about, it sounds fascinating. We'll be chatting with Trudy a little bit later. And just a reminder that if you need any information about something you hear on Time to Travel this evening, you can find it on Facebook. Just go to Travel on SAFM. If you'd still like to contact me directly, you can email me on travel at safm.co.za. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM. When the swing of jazz meets the swing of golf, you are invited to be a part of the fourth annual Standard Bank Joy of Jazz Golf Day on the 20th of August 2013 at the prestigious Rand Park Golf Course. Entertainment by the internationally acclaimed jazz singer Renee Mari. For golf packages, email Gidi at k-wave.co.za or call 072-338-2432. Joy of Jazz Golf Day supported by SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, once a year, during the first weekend of September, why not join the Darling community for the annual Furkama Fest, or Front Room Festival? And by all accounts, this year promises to be a fabulous, fabulous event with a lineup of local and international artists. Well, to tell us more, I'm joined now by Omnia Hrobler, and she's one of the coordinators of the festival. Omnia, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Corin. Well, do tell people who haven't been, first of all, to Darling. It is just the most fabulous place. And then once a year, you do this Furkama Fest, which I think is possibly the most unique festival I've ever heard of anywhere. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt that it is the most unique festival in South Africa, I believe. Um, and it's about an hour out of Cape Town, um, a little town of Darling. It is a very interesting, wonderful little town of mixture of art, culture, farming, food, wine, everything. So uh, about 11 years ago, Peter de Gais sat down with the producer Wim uh, Fisser and Inge Bosch, and they thought they wanted to bring an interesting something to Darling, a festival, but something with a twist. And they came up with this wonderful concept of doing performing arts in the lounges of people's homes. And that's how the Furkama started, and we started in 2004 with Three Little Roots, and it's our 10th year this year, and we are going super strong. You've got seven routes this year, I think. Seven years, yeah. So how does this actually work, Omnia? People, you have to obviously buy the tickets beforehand. You you don't, you can't sort of um, buy them when you get there, or can you? Um, you, if you're lucky and we have tickets, well, yes, you can. But we're usually sold out. We are going strong towards being sold out again this year. So, preferably pre-book. Um, it starts. The first route starts on the Friday, uh, the sixth of September this year. Um, it starts at six o'clock. Uh, you buy your ticket from uh, Shonda in our booking office and you will get a, a color-coded ticket and you will be directed towards our taxi rank. You get uh, on one of our local taxis 
driven by one of our local drivers, and he spritz you away to a home, undisclosed location with an undisclosed artist. Well, that, that's the fun thing I was reading about this year. You don't know, first of all, where you're going, and secondly, you don't know what you're going to see when you get there. See, that's the beauty that's of the That's amazing. You get to see, in, with one ticket, you get to see three shows. They're about 25 to 30 minutes per show. That's one route, and you are guaranteed three different genres in three different types of homes. Oh, so you move from one home to the other for the three different performances. They're not all in the same house. That's the right. Uh, oh, that's right. right. Okay. It's about like a round robin. Oh, right. Okay. And what, so what kinds of performances are we looking at here? Uh, you, we are looking from violinists, um, circus acts, magicians, quieto, rap, hip-hop, ballet, whatever you can think of, you can find them. Now, I mentioned at the beginning local and international artists. What sort of international artists are coming to Darling? Well, um, I can't... Can you really tell me? No, you can't. Can you? <laughs> I can't really tell you the names. But I, I can tell you there it will definitely be some musical acts, and we've got um, a drama and storytelling act coming from overseas. So, And, and the people whose, whose homes you use, do they sort of clear out the lounge? How many people can you fit into each venue? Um, well, we, can, we usually do work in a 25-person per venue. Um, so some of them a little bit tight and some of them a bit more spacious. And, yeah, you get to sit in other people's lounge seats, you get to look at their family trophies, and you get to see some awesome, awesome acts. Very intimate festival. It is very intimate. And the nice thing about sitting in somebody's home, seeing an act, it's very, very up close and personal. So, uh, you know, the artists get to talk to the audience. Um, it's a lot of sort of after chatting afterwards, you know, getting to know the artists, getting to know the audiences. And it's really, really intimate. And what are we talking ticket-wise, prices? Oh, on the Friday, it's a slightly cheaper ticket at 195 Rand. And the Saturday 12 o'clock and 5 o'clock slots, as well as the Sunday 12 o'clock slot, is 225 Rand per ticket. And that covers all three shows. Oh, so, th- so that's the whole sort of, you know, the whole route that you're that, paying. That's, that's one right. price for the whole route. Okay. Yes. And what is, is this a family event? Can we bring children? Uh, it is a family event. Uh, we just suggest there are some... Slightly less family acts, but what we do is we put those together in one route. So if you want to book a ticket, just tell our booking officer that you are bringing children, and then we will be put on the right sort of a children-friendly route. Oh, right. Okay, so you have made a, you yeah. know, a provision for that. Absolutely. The other thing as well, just for people who are coming out to Darling, maybe haven't been there before or have been there before and want to just have a whole fun experience again, there's lots more to do. I mean, you've got the village market going to be up there, and you're going to have – people can wander around in Vita Saperon. If you haven't been to see that, it's literally an experience never to be missed. Exactly. The the, uh, the Peron is actually a venue for the Fuerkama, so everything sort of happens from there. So you'll get to see the Peron. Uh, we will have our little village market, which has got all our wonderful local products and some from outside of Darling as well. We've got a local beer, our three wonderful wine farms. We've got some, uh, homemade cheese. We've got, you know, little tiny tickling stuff um, and some really wonderful um, products from all around Darling. Uh, there's also in Darling itself a lot to do. We've got a couple of fabulous restaurants. Uh, we'll also have a parade. Um, it starts at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, it'll come through the, the village, uh, and, and on the parade will also be you know, our schools and our clubs and all those sort of things. There's some music. 
Um, yeah, we'll have some street artists this year. We are looking at a, a youth orchestra playing in the middle of the dusty street. We're looking at an acapella group. Um, all those sort of things happening all, of, all at the same time all over the village. Sounds like an, an amazing, amazing weekend. Now, obviously, people are going to need to stay over. And for accommodation, should they just contact the Darling Tourism Office? They can contact the Darling Tourism Office and speak to Diane, and she will see what she can do for them towards accommodation. And as you say, if you're wanting to go, you need to book now, because I know it's the first weekend in September, so there's a few weeks yeah, left, but tickets are are going fast. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, absolutely. And um, yeah, you can. Can I give you the address for uh, a booking office? Please do. Yes. Okay. It's bookings at voorkamerfest slash darling. Okay, so, and it's Chanda, if you want to Chanda, phone. Yeah. Chanda, I'll give out, uh, there's a cell phone number, can I give that out as yes. well? I'll give out her number as well, and if you want to go, I suggest you phone first thing in the morning. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're not going to get in, and you'll have to wait a whole another year to go. Yes, and we'd love to see everybody here. Yeah. Because if you go this year, you're definitely going to want to go again next year. So Absolutely. We, you know, mostly uh, the people that come now have come for the last 10 years. <laughs> really? Yes, they keep on coming back, so it's a, it's a wonderful experience. Omnia, it sounds like you're in for a real feast of, of culture and excitement and all sorts of wonderful things in September. I wish you a very successful Furkama Fest this year and hopefully we'll chat with you again next year. Thank oh, you wonderful. so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Omnia. Good night to you. Omnia Groble is one of the coordinators of the Darling Furkama Fest, taking place from the 6th to the 8th of September. For more information, you can take a look at the website. It's www.furkamafest-darling.co.za and for bookings, you can call Shanda on 082-321-7542 or bookings at forkamafest-darling.co.za and for accommodation, it's www.darlingtourism.co.za Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, I've spoken on the show before about the amazing impact that golf has on tourism in South Africa. And golf generates substantial income for destinations on the Garden Route, and Fancourt recently singled out amongst the world's 10 best golf resorts on CNNGO is no exception. Now, Carl Renders is Fancourt's marketing director, and he joins me now. Carl, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi there, Karen. Thank you. Well, going through a list of all the events coming up at Fancourt, you get in for a pretty busy rest of the year. We generally do. I mean, it's uh, this time of the year, between the months of April through to the end of October is very much where we have local golf tourism. Uh, our, our international travelers generally come from either the USA, China, or India over this period. And then during the summer months of November through to the end of March, it's very much European travelers that come through to to our country and obviously to the Garden Route, which is known as the golfing mecca of South Africa. So tell people who possibly aren't aware exactly what Fan Court is all about. You're on the garden route, but you are a destination in itself. Yes, we've actually changed our positioning somewhat in the last 24 months. We've uh, Fan Court initially, when, it was, when, it, when the land was purchased by our owner, Dr. Platner, it was very much his idea to, to create a world-class golf resort. And it had been marketed as such globally for the last 15 years. And we basically, in the last sort of 24 months, had a look at what the market is, is looking for. And we realized that we couldn't just be about golf. We needed to, to cater for families. And in doing so, we've actually invested money in creating facilities that, that make families feel at home. In the past, it was a situation where father would say to, to mom, I want to go on a golfing holiday with the boys. And it was, oh, so you're going down to Fancourt. It's very different now. We actually have moms and kids 
begging dad to take them to Frankfurt <laughs> on a holiday. So That's great. everyone's winning at the end of the day. So what is there for, for the families to do? What is different for those who've been to Frankfurt before and are sort of thinking to themselves, so what have you done now? We've focused very much on leisure activity over and above golf. So we've always had a, a very extensive spa facility, but because we're on such a large, expansive land, we, Fancourt's on, in terms of the land, we're three times the size of Monaco. Wow. We, um, we have facilities for mountain biking. We've got running trails. We've, got, we've just upgraded our, our kids' club and leisure center. So we have kids' club facilities for kids of basically from the ages of two up to, up to ten, and then we have teen facilities as well. And the big attraction of that is that there's absolutely no cost to parents to leave their kids in the kids' club. So we have child minders looking after the kids, and mom and dad can get on with adult activities, play golf, or go and look at the scenery, obviously the beautiful scenery that the garden has to offer, with absolute peace of mind that their kids are safe and looked after and are having a hell of a good time. The other thing about where, you're, where you are positioned, though, Carl, as well, is if people are staying at Fancourt, it's very central. They can sort of move about the garden route to an extent to look at other things and come back. Very much so. I mean, if you, if you think about where we're situated, firstly, the access to the airport is close. We're seven kilometers from the airport. But then if one wanted to go on a safari experience, um, the closest would probably be either Biffle's Drift, which is just the other side of, or on the way to Oturin, which is just over the hill, less than a 40-minute drive. Garden Route Game Lodge. Uh, uh, Garden Route Game Lodge is about 45 minutes away, as is Botley's Corp, as well as Gondwana. Um, the Kango Caves in Oturin, again, it's a 40-minute drive. Meisner is a 45-minute drive from here. But so, we, so we're central. very centrally situated. Mm. Gosh, so it's, as I said, it is really, it's more, it's a destination now, just rather than a place to go and play golf with, you know, the dad and the boys. Absolutely. And I mean, if you, if you wanted to, ba- I think most people when they travel these days don't want to unpack their suitcases every second mm-hmm. day. So you can base yourself here, spend a week and experience something different every day or stay within the gates of Fancourt and have a fantastic time. And I mentioned at the beginning that Fancourt was singled out among the world's top best golf resorts. And that's actually an enormous accolade. Yes, I must say, we've always, we've always tried to bench us, benchmark ourselves not necessarily against the South African market, but to benchmark ourselves on an international basis. And fortunately, we have a shareholder who is very particular about ensuring we, we always produce a quality product. And um, it was a great accolade, but I must say we worked very hard to get, to get there. And what it does do, it drives global awareness of Fancourt, which overall drives global awareness of golf tourism to South Africa, which is, which is a key part about what was probably previously seen as a niche tourism market mm. is a tourism market that we, that we really, reten- we really within South Africa, need to recognize the value of golf tourism and what this country has to offer. I think in the last few years, people have begun to, to recognize that fact um, because we have such an array of golf courses here all over the place, um, you know, from ones that are not quite as elegant and as well organized, I don't think, as, as Fancourt is. But it, it, pretty much there's something for everybody when it comes to looking for a golf course or a golf estate. I must say, I've had the privilege of, of playing golf in a number of different countries and undoubtedly South Africa has more to offer than than any other country and it's not just the quality of the golf it's all the other activities that you can do as well Um, unfortunately though I must say that we are globally not as well recognized as 
some other countries that have far less golf courses than we do. Is that possibly because we're a long-haul destination, do you think, maybe? No, I think it has a lot to do. It could be part of that, but, I, but there's other long-haul destinations that do a lot better than we do. Um, I think a lot of it has to do that there's never really been a focus from a tourism perspective on golf tourism because it's been seen very much as niche travel. And I must say, in the last two and a half years, through an organization that was created through the golf industry, which is called the South African Golf Tourism Association. Mm, I have spoken with them, yes. We've been working quite hard to lobby with government on driving awareness of golf tourism on a, on, on a local and on an international basis to this country. And it seems that we've made some inroads just in the last two weeks. Because, you know, you have to look at it from the from this perspective of the money that's being brought into the country as well. I mean, especially with something like golf, it would be quite a substantial amount. It's interesting when one looks at the statistics. A golf traveler spends 120% more per day than an average leisure traveler does. Good heavens. So one's really got to look at the value and not necessarily just the volume numbers. Mm. And, and that's where the opportunity lies. Now, you've got one of, one of many, but you want your next big golf tournament is the Heritage Classic coming up in September, and that's always tied to Heritage Day. That's right. We've, um, we've run the Heritage Classic for, for a number of years now, and it's just become increasingly popular because we have a diverse culture of people that actually come and, and see this event and, and take part in it. And it's always nice to add on to that the fact that it, it ties in with National Briar Day. So it really is an opportunity for us to to celebrate the heritage of our country and as you very as you mentioned earlier if you think about the number of international golfers that we produce it's part of our heritage we we're a great sporting nature, nation and is this something that attracts international golfers for the heritage classic or is it mainly locals no it's very much a local event but we get people from all over the country so we usually get quite a large contingent of people coming up from Johannesburg and Pretoria Oh, really? So they are moving around, which is actually quite nice. But you've also got some others coming up. You've got quite a number. I've got a list here of all sorts of different things coming up. Tell us about some of the others coming up towards the end of the year. Well, there's one event that we host on the Sunshine Tour every year now, which is called the Dimension Data Pro-Am, which is one of the biggest events on South African, on, the, on the Sunshine Tour, which is South Africa's golf tour. And Dimension Data moved the event to us three years ago, and we'll be hosting it for the fourth year, and they've subsequently signed on to stay with us for a number of years in the future because they're very happy with the event that we put on. And the uniqueness of the event is the fact that professional golfers are playing with business people um, within South Africa, but they're getting to play on all three different golf courses because we have three golf courses here at Fancourt, which, which makes the resort quite unique in relation to other resorts. And you've got the Ernie Els Invitational. That's coming up, I think, in December. That's right. Ernie's always been, he's been a big part of the Fancourt family for many years. Um, he's, in fact, one of his main sponsors is actually our owner. Um, Dr. Hasso Platten was also the founder of, of SAP, a software program. Okay. And as a result, Ernie's very much been part of the Fancourt family. And there's two events that he does, per, which he does on alternative years within the George area, either at Fancourt or at um, Obi, which is the Ernie Els Invitational, of which the proceeds go to the, the Ernie Els and Fancourt Foundation, which is really about developing fantastic golfing talent 
um, and my future major champions. So if you look at some of the the successes that have come through that program, it's people such as Louis Wistosen, who won the British Open in 2010, and unfortunately was runner-up in the Masters last year. And then our, our new local boy, um, Brandon Grace, who's been doing incredibly well on the European Tour. And the other event that he hosts on Alternatives is the Ernie Els Autism Day. And yes. I think most of us mm. are aware about of the son. fact that Ernie's mm. had personal experience in that in his family. And that event is specifically for raising money towards autism. Gosh, so he's very involved there. But you've got something coming up this weekend, the Nomad Seaboard Trophy. What is that's, that? That's right. I mean, Nomads is an inc- it's an incredible foundation of people within the country that give to the less privileged as a result of their passion for the game of golf. Um, there are 12 Nomads regions in the country, and often what happens is that regions will compete against each other. And this is just one of the events called the Seaboard Trophy, where the Burland Nomads are playing against the Southern Cape Nomads. So there's a lot of camaraderie, and but it really is about raising money for people less privileged than, than ourselves. Well, that's the nice part about what you do, Carl, is that you have fun, you enjoy it. We have wonderful tourists, tourism related to the golf, but there's a lot of giving back as well, which is, I think, just makes the whole experience just that much better. Absolutely. I mean, you'll, you'll find golfers in general. The reality is most golfers are in a situation where they can afford more than most people can. Um, golf is an expensive sport, but as a result of the number of people and the value of the people that are playing this game, we do find that people want to give back, and the golfing community in general are a very generous community. Well, it sounds, well, you're in for a really busy rest of the year, and I'm, you, I'm grateful that you have found some time to chat with me, because you seem to be busy marketing director. You must be really hectic putting all these different uh, events together, So, and, um, and I'm sure this is mostly what you're doing, is putting all these events together, Carl. Well, there's a lot more that we do. I mean, we, I wish it was just that. No, I'm sure it's just a big part think of it. I just play golf every day, but I definitely don't. Um, it's really about, you know, the way that we see it is through Fancourt, because of its global positioning, we're in a position to very much support the growth of golf tourism to this country. And I must say, I spend quite a lot of time, and my team spend a lot of time on making sure that we are connecting with the international markets to get global golf tourism to this country. Well, and we all benefit from that. So thank, thank you for doing that for all of us. And thank you so much for your time and chatting with me this evening about uh, golf and tourism. Possibly people didn't realize quite what an impact it does have on the tourism industry here in South Africa, but it is huge. Thank you so much for your time this evening. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Carl Renders is Fancourt's marketing director. And for more information on Fancourt and the upcoming Heritage Classic Golf Tournament and all the other tournaments and things that they've got coming up there, you can take a look at the website. It's www.fancourt.co.za. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, over the last year or two, I've started hearing about pop-up restaurants, but now there's the first pop-up Fork and Cork Wellington Wine Festival. Well, to find out more about this, I'm joined now by Trudy Oersthuizen, PRO of the Wellington Winery. Trudy, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Corin. Well, this is very unusual. So tell me why it's called a pop-up Fork and Cork Festival. Well, um, we normally known for our Harvest Festival, which yes. happens in March, but... Um, 
because we had the Cape Epic through Wellington this year, or, um, we decided that we will rather have a festival later in the year. And the thought popped up almost uh, that um, why not start the idea of a festival, but change it and have it at a different area or space or venue in Wellington every year. And the very first one we decided would happen at Plaine Falay, which is the very well-known function venue in Wellington. This is very different because it's one day only between day. 10 and 5 at Clana Falle in Wellington. But you've crammed so much stuff into the day. It almost feels as if you're going to be there for the weekend, but it's just one day. It's one day. It's kind of a best of Wellington uh, in a package. And um, it being a pop-up festival, it's literally come from 10 to 5 and experience a sort of a concentrated Wellington in one go. So give people some idea of what's going to be happening between 10 and 5 on the 14th of September. Yes. Um, the, the idea centers around, uh, obviously, wine. Um, it is held by the wine route, um, and there will be a wine and goods market where if you pay your 120 rand, you will get a crystal glass, and you can come in and you can taste some of the top producers of Wellington and also enjoy um, all the local produce of, of Wellington amongst uh, cheese, olives, um, breads, um, roses, um, olive products, uh, oil preserves, uh, what have you. Um, you can shop. You can um there will be six restaurants, which all will have a signature dish. Um, you can buy wine by the glass, by the bottle. You can have um, one of the six dishes, and you can relax outside. Hopefully it will be a lovely, lovely day. And we will have nonstop music. Um, Bottomless Coffee is the one band, and the other one is the well-known Radio Kalahari Orkese, which is totally cross-cultural and also bilingual so it's a, in a way it's a very it's a hundred percent south african product the other thing is well you've got a cook-off oh, that sounds like a lot of fun that's right in the um in in the festa the which is the restaurant at at plane of LA, we will have two 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 sort of different um occasions the one will be firstly our quest for the best is a competition we've just had where we located the 10 top wines of wellington and the top spirit we will be showcasing that, and people can then have a paired tasting in which they will literally be exposed to Wellington's top 10 wines and the top spirit with a little snack to, to pair with that. And then the second thing at Festa would be a cook-off between a local chef and a celeb chef. And the local chef would be Johan van Skalkweg from the well-known Twist Samoa restaurant in Wellington. Um, versus Sonia Cabana, who is our celeb chef from Cape Town. Gosh, and, and it's also it's a family event, so and you, you're making quite um, a lot of fuss about the kids. Yes, um, parents can come in, they can enjoy themselves, and in a designated area, there will be childminders and there will be lots of activities for kids. Um, that's totally free of charge. Um, parents can literally deposit their kids there. There will be some form of a control in the sense that um, p um, the, the child minders will know where the parents are, will have the parents' um, cell numbers. And um, parents can then relatively 
sort of with peace of mind go and enjoy themselves while the kids can enjoy themselves. Now, the one thing people need to be aware of, and it's one of the reasons I'm telling all the listeners about this early, because I know it's only in September, is that there are no tickets will be sold when you get there at the door. You have to book them at CompuTicket. And are you limiting the space? I mean, are there a limited number of tickets? Yes, we've got a thousand tickets that we're selling. And um, because it's not a big place, and the whole idea of the pop-up shop is not to have... um, it, it's a it's a it's a concentrated enjoyment, and thousand people fit into Kleine Falle quite easily, um, and we don't want to cram it full of people. We want people to be able to spread themselves outside on the terraces to enjoy themselves and not not to feel stifled in any way. So people need to go off and book now at CompuTicket. So if they get there without a ticket, unfortunately, they're just going to have to watch from outside. That's right. Can't get in. (laughs) Now, Trudy, for those people who aren't terribly au fait with Wellington, as far as wine routes are concerned, you are the PRO for the Wellington wine route. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about what they can expect if they don't come out for the festival, if they just want to come out to Wellington and explore the wine route, what will they find out there? Yeah, Wellington is 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 um, you know in, quite recently we've 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 become independent. It 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 doesn't really mean much to the man in the street, perhaps, but in wine circles it means we're independent. We're not a ward of of Paul anymore, and um, you can literally. I mean, Wellington is um, forty five minutes from Cape Town. You know, it's closer than Franschhoek. Um, not many people realize that. And it's a, quite a, a, a compact wine route. You can literally, in one day, you can visit, should you want to, quite a few um, farm cellars or boutique wineries um, and, and, and enjoy their wines and buy some, if you like. Um, we've, we, we, we quite, we, we sort of on the um, less, less known, but very much to the people who are looking for the off-the-beaten-track. Wellington is very much the place where you should come and explore wines. If you are in any way uh, wanting to move away from the commercial routes, um, we all know who they are, and you want to come and explore a little bit of Platland, then Wellington is your wine route. And the kinds of wines, the varietals that you produce in Wellington? We are well-known for our Shannons, um, Shiraz, Pinotage. Those are the cultivars that are coming to the fore um, in Wellington. And, um, yeah, I would, really, I would really encourage people to come and taste and see how beautiful Wellington can be and is right now. And if people are wanting to come up for the festival treaty and they want to stay over accommodation, lots of that there? If you go to our website, you will see... Um, you will see a little icon, accommodation icon. If you mouse over that, there are quite a couple of guest houses that have offered special packages for, for say, for instance, stay over on the Friday night and enjoy the festival on the Saturday. And that's wellington.co.za? That's correct. Okay, so they can come out, spend the weekend there, because if, if they come out and enjoy the festival on the Saturday, I'm sure there's lots more they can go off and explore on the Sunday anyway if they stay lots over on more. the Saturday night. And most of those packages include, uh, is a weekend package, you know, in, includes the, the, the 
ticket to the festival oh. and special deal on accommodation. Oh, gosh. Okay, so you're getting a real good deal there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, so besides wanting to book your tickets, you need to possibly, before you do that, have a look at the accommodation. You might get your ticket included in your accommodation price. That's right. And a shuttle to the to the festival and back. Oh, my goodness. You've really laid it all on, mm. haven't you? Yeah. Gosh, yeah. this sounds amazing. And I'm assuming this is going to be a, an every year thing now, Trudy. Definitely. Um, this year is at at a venue like, like Kleiner Filet, but I think... What we're going to try and do is to really have an interesting spot every time where we can uh, perhaps uh, sort of almost get an infrastructure together. You know, it might mm. not be a, an actual place per se, a, a venue per se, but just have an interesting place. Um, it's ideal. In, at Kleinefalle at the moment, it's ideal because you can, you, can, you can appreciate the beauty of Wellington from that venue. Uh, the the mountain, the vineyards, etc. I think it's a, a shame in Wellington to 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 have a festival and to enclose people in an area where you can't see how beautiful it is, how beautiful the vineyards are and the mountains. Well, definitely something to do. Make a note and uh, go and have a look at the website. I'll give you the details in a moment. Trudy, thank you so much for your time and good luck with the festival. Thank you very much for having me. Only a pleasure. Thanks for joining me this evening. Trudy Oersthausen is the PRO for the Wellington Wine Route and to find out more about the first ever pop-up Fork and Cork Wellington Wine Festival taking place on Saturday the 14th of September, uh, take a look at the website. It's www.wellington.co.za and if you need tickets, you can book through computicket.co.za but if you're wanting to stay over, I suggest you have a look at the wellington.co.za website first book your accommodation and you might get your ticket with that as well. So don't go and buy the tickets and then go and do the accommodation because you could end up having paid double. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, joining me in the studio this evening is Dania Petrick, and she's one of the finalists in the Ford Ranger Odyssey 2013. It's an adventure, and they all spent, I think it was over 22 days, I think it was, traveling through Africa in these amazing 4x4s. And it was actually rather nice. I quite liked the fact that there were five men and five women. Yeah. Dania, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So right, tell me about this. First of all, how on earth did you get involved in something like this? Well, a friend of mine actually posted it on Facebook, the competition, and um, I just decided to enter. And there were a few of us who entered, and surprisingly, I managed to get in on the boot camp, which was more of a 4x4 training weekend, but it was really, really quite hardcore. They pushed us physically and mentally, and but yeah, a lot of fun at the same time, and I can't believe it, but thereafter, I was selected as one of the... 10 finalists to go on the actual trip. So what were the criteria for actually being able to go? I mean, how good did you have to be as as a driver of a 4x4? Because it's it's not the easiest thing, I don't think. <laughs> well, this was the surprising thing in that I have no 4x4 experience. And I actually think that they were looking for your average person off the street, someone who maybe didn't have that much 4x4 experience, hadn't traveled extensively through Africa and was just someone you know, that other people could relate to because some of the other people who entered were pretty, pretty adventurous. They had a lot of experience with this kind of thing. And that's why I was quite surprised when I was selected. So this wasn't your first trip sort of into Africa. You uh, just completed your master's in sustainable development. And part of that, your research for your thesis involved having to travel through certain parts of Africa. Yeah. So you were not exactly a newbie when it came to that. Yeah. Well, um, I've been to Zambia and Mozambique before and driven through Zimbabwe. And I've also visited Malawi. So that's about 
all my African experience. And I mean, I love those countries and I was so excited to go back there. I was really, really, really thrilled about that. So five men, five women, and obviously you had people driving with you. They didn't just give yes. you a 4x4 and say, right, off you go. <laughs> they were, you, each, each of you had your own inst- instructor, if you like, with you in the car? Yeah. There were nine cars at the end of the trip and 28 people. And, um, yeah, we each had an instructor with us every day, one or two media people, and then we rotated every day. So we had a chance to drive with every single other contestant all the other instructors and just get to know everyone. How was it? I mean, you started off and you know anybody, obviously met them at the boot camp, so you kind of had an idea of who you're going to be traveling with. But it's quite a confined thing. I mean, there's all these people for quite a long time. It was about 22 or 23 days that you were out there. Do you all get on? Did it work out sort of personality-wise? Were you all sort of compatible? It was unbelievable. I think that for me was the best thing about the entire trip because it did turn into a bit of a marathon. We drove for up to, the one day we drove for 21 hours. So, you know, you leave at six o'clock in the morning and sometimes you only arrive at camp at six o'clock, seven o'clock the next night. So what you have is rapport. You need rapport in the car. And um, that's luckily what we had. The contestants were unbelievable. They were also not, um, you know, they they weren't my typical social group per se. So it was so good for me to be in an entirely new context with new people, different people, and just getting to know them. And such incredible people, really, really special people. Right. So now we're on the trip. Where did you start? So we started in Nairobi. And then we were going to drive through Tanzania and into northern Mozambique. And then um, we found out that there was a bit of conflict brewing in, in the northern parts of Mozambique with the two um, political parties. So we had to change our route quite drastically, which obviously added quite an extensive number of kilometers onto the, the entire trip. And we rerouted through Zambia and Botswana, which was incredible and yeah as so that I was said, a surprise it wasn't planned no not at all wow, so you got no. a little bit of extra stuff there yeah no for sure that's great and zambia i mean i love zambia it's one of my favorite countries so i was so happy to go back there and then um so we drove uh through tanzania to the coast and then back across uh to zambia and through zambia into botswana and then we crossed uh through south africa through the kruger park and into mozambique and then back through nelspreitz back home. So I was reading your blog because that was one of the things you had to do while you were on this adventure (laughs) was to write a blog every day. And just reading through some of the places you went to, I mean, places that I think people have on their bucket list and only dream about. Places like Kilimanjaro and Uh, the Ngorogoro Crater and the Great Rift Valley. I mean, those sort of places, people dream about them and you were actually there. Yeah. Tell me what, what, what it was like, some of the experiences you had on this trip. Well, I think from day one, the scenery and the places we visited just blew our minds. One of the first places we stopped at was a Maasai village in um, Kenya. That was actually quite a funny story that I read on your (laughs) blog about. (laughs) When I cried. About the jumping. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that was unbelievable. The entire village um, turned out to greet us and they gave us jewelry and did the famous jumping. And it was it was very emotional. I found it quite overwhelming. And then that night we camped at the foot of Kilimanjaro. And then, yeah, the next day we went to the Ngorogoro crater. So, I mean, that's how our trip started. And as you can imagine, just continued to completely blow our minds with the amazing places and scenery and people that we met and saw along the way. 
one of the other things that you mentioned in your blog, and it's something that I, when I've spoken to people about going to Zambia, is it's the sunrise. And you actually mentioned the sunrise over the Zambezi was something I don't think you can ever forget. Oh, it's so special. And that morning, we yeah, we watched the sunrise come over the Chobi, I think it was. And then that night, we were on the Mkhadi pans in Botswana. And that sunset there was, oh, it was spectacular. So what of those places that you visited? Um, you didn't obviously, unfortunately, get to spend too long in any one place. That was the only downside of the whole trip, yeah. was that you almost was a, a sort of a fleeting visit through each of these places. Yeah. What did you pick out and think, oh, I have to come back here? For me, Bagamoyo in Tanzania was very special, and it's an old slave trading town. And for me, that was just a historical, cultural, beautiful place that I would like to go to again. Capisha Hot Springs in Zambia was also unbelievable. And yeah, I'd love to go back there and have more time there. We we had a midnight dip in the hot spring and it was about 10 degrees outside. So <laughs> I'd love to go back there when maybe, yeah, just have a bit more time to spend in the pools. And um, same with the Makhari Khari Pans. Botswana is just incredible. I mean, it's this flat, flat place with the most insane wildlife and scenery and just to just to, it's just so open and vast and I'd love to go back there and just spend more time there. So what did you have to do during these 22 days other than drive? Obviously they wanted to see how you could do that. I also read about the fact that you it wasn't just all about getting in the vehicle and driving. You also had to clean the thing. Oh, yeah. Washing it inside, outside, scrubbing it. So it wasn't all a walk in the park. Yeah, the day of the never-ending car wash. <laughs> it was quite tough, and we were being tested on quite a few things. Um, like what? Well, we didn't always know that was the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of it was our driving, obviously, and then also our interaction ability, how well we got on with everyone else. And yeah, then we had to clean the cars after some very dusty 4x4 trails, <laughs> which was... Not so much fun because we used up quite a lot of water and we had electricity problems, all kinds of (laughs) obstacles. Things that don't kill you make you tougher, they say. Yeah, Mm. yeah. (laughs) So were you tough after that? (laughs) Well, I think I got very sick. I was um, Mm. one of the only people. You thought you had malaria at one point. Yes, yeah, I had to go get tested for malaria. That for me was the hardest part of the trip. I was sick for five days, nausea vomiting, fever, all kinds of things. So that was for five days. I wasn't able to eat and I was very uncomfortable, as you can imagine. So that for me was the toughest part of the trip. But all, all kudos to you that at no point did you think of actually getting on a plane and coming home. Yeah. <laughs> you stayed on the trip. Well, they actually, I think they they might have wanted to send me home at one point because I was, I was getting more and more upset. And um, then they actually asked the other contestants, will Dania go home if we book her a flight? And all of them said no, which is amazing to me that I had that kind of support and and faith. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. Right, so then you did all that. This was in June that this all happened. We started on the 21st of June. Okay, and now we are in August, and tomorrow night, Thursday, um, they're announcing the winner of this adventure. What is the prize? So the prize is one of the actual Ford Ranger XLTs from the trip. So it's I think it's about a 650,000 Rand vehicle, all kitted out. And it's an unbelievable car. I had complete faith in it and it's very, very comfortable. And we had not one single problem on the trip. So I'm, if I win it, I'll be over the moon. It's a fantastic, fantastic car. So this is happening in Johannesburg tomorrow night. You're going up. You, 
Dunya is actually in Cape Town. I'm talking to her in Cape Town, and she's off to Johannesburg tomorrow yes. for the awards. Is it um, they just is it just one prize, the main winner, or are there any sort of little second, third, and fourth prizes, or how does it work? I think a lot of it has been kept under wraps, so I'm not that sure. But um, the award ceremony is actually at the Rist Outdoor Center, which is essentially Ford's four by four training center. So there'll be a few media people there will be having a bit of a celebration and I mean for me the most exciting part is the reunion yes. seeing everyone mm. again <laughs> this always is the best part after something like this yeah. is to and I you know I was just thinking though I mean if, if I'm, I'm not sure you're going to win it I'm almost sure you're going to win it <laughs> but even if you don't win it if there's some weird thing happens and you don't win it just the experience alone must oh, be worth it completely and that's also I remember saying to one of the instructors when we were in Mozambique it was the first day I felt good after being sick and I just said to him you know I'm so grateful to just be able to finish this trip in full health and that I didn't get sent home for me that was essentially the best part and I wasn't I didn't try compete I mean you know some of the other girls they wanted to be treated equally in every sense and and I mean when I was sick especially especially I had a lot of help and support and some of the guys helped me put up my tents and that kind of thing and I was very happy to take a back seat in that time with the result that I really had kind of given up on on being the winner because you know you you want to be competitive you want to push yourself but um, at one point I just had to actually let other people take control and so grateful to just have been there and just to have experienced that to have met so many people who are truly think we'll be friends for life. What a blessing. Is this something that Ford do every year? Um, so this is the inaugural Ford um, Ranger Odyssey and I think they are planning a trip next year. I'm not too sure what is in the pipeline, but yeah, I mean, hopefully it is something that is something that will continue into the future because, I mean, for anyone else to go on this trip, it, it's the best thing ever. Well, I'm going to give out the website in a moment and I think maybe if you this sounds like something you'd like to do. Maybe you should keep an eye on the website because I'm sure that they would announce the next one on their website, the rangerodyssey.com yes. website, and uh, you'll be able to see what's happening and going to have yeah. a fabulous time like Danya did. Yeah. Go and look at some of the videos. <laughs> yes, there's videos, there's blogs. Everybody that was on the trip actually wrote a blog, a daily blog, so you can read all about that. And you can. there's lots of information on that website. So you sort of start drooling now and keep an eye on the website. Maybe you'll be talking to me next year when you head off on this Ranger Odyssey. It sounds amazing. How did you get back into life after you came home? Oh, <laughs> it's been terrible. Well, when you win your Ford Ranger, you can actually go and do it again by yourself. <laughs> that is Take a, some friends. Yeah, that is the first thing I'm planning to do. I'm currently a student, so I've got a bit of time. And yeah, I, I, first thing I want to do is head straight back to Zambia and go visit some friends that I have there and go back to the Capisha Hot Springs. And I also want to go to Namibia. I've never been there. And the Ford Ranger is unbelievable on sand. So I want to give it a bit of a run for its money on the dunes there. Gosh, Danny, it sounds like you had a fabulous time. And um, I'm hoping we'll speak to you next week, maybe, when you tell me you've won the car. <laughs> and, uh, well, good luck to you for tomorrow night. I'm, I'm wishing you all the best. Well, I wish all of everybody that entered the best, but I'm talking to you, so I'm going to wish you the best of the best. <laughs> and um, so hopefully much. we'll chat again next week when you tell me what's happened at the award ceremony tomorrow night. Good luck to you. Thank you so much and thank you for all the support and yeah, just a special shout out to all my friends who've been so amazing and given me so much support on social media and especially my brother. <laughs> thank you so much. brothers are useful every now and again, <laughs> I'm sure. Dania, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I was talking there with Dania Petrick and she was one of the contestants in 
the Ford Ranger Odyssey 2013. It's the inaugural adventure through Africa. And if you'd like to find out more about what's going on with this, you can have a look at the website. It's www.rangerodyssey.com. And as Dania says, she's almost sure that they'll be doing this again next year. So if you're wanting to possibly get yourself into the boot camp or at least be considered as one of the contestants for next time, keep your eye on that website. It's www.rangerodyssey.com. Time to travel with Karen Key. One of my regular guests, she's on the show quite often because there's so much happening in Franschhoek, is Jenny Prinzler, and she's the CEO of the Franschhoek Wine Valley. And they've got coming up something very special on the 17th of August. It's called Franschhoek Winter Wines. And it's their way of saying goodbye to winter and welcoming in spring and summer and all these wonderful things when we all go and spend lots of time out in the winelands. Jenny, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hello, Karen. Always good to talk to you. So, right, the, uh, you're actually holding this at one of my favorite places in Franschhoek. Do you tell us about where you're going to be having this? Yes, we're having this winter wine show at the Franschhoek Motor Museum, which is on the Lomra property, which is a wine farm. And um, it is before you arrive in Franschhoek. So if you just carry along the road, you're bound to see it there. Just to tell people, I know when I've mentioned to other people before that I love the Motor Museum in Franschhoek, and they sort of look at me and you can almost see in the back of their mind going, but you're a girl and girls don't like cars. This this is something that you have to see to believe. Well, you know, I think girls do like cars, especially when it's a beautiful classic Mm. car collection like like they have at the Motor Museum. And, you know, these cars are, some of them, over 100 years old. So they are from all the, the beautiful makes of cars that we that we've have on the planet. And there's even a Model T Ford and the very new, the very new and old Mercedes. There's some Ferraris. There all sorts of interesting uh, cars to, to see there. There's also bicycles and motorbikes and all sorts of memorabilia. So it's anything to do with transportation cars and motorbikes and that sort of stuff we could actually call it a transport museum Mm. right yes but you know and the other thing that that just tell people if they've been there before and to think oh i've been there i've seen that they do change the exhibit every now and again so if you go back you're not going to possibly see all of the same stuff that was there the last time they do change the exhibit and the cars move around the country so you're bound to see something new and also this year they're going to be having some of the cars um that they'll be driving around so there will be people in the cars driving them around and also they, people can view them in the actual museum. There are four warehouses of these cars, so a lot to see. Yes, right. So now we've indulged ourselves with all the cars and now we can indulge ourselves with some winter wines. Do tell what that's all about. Yes, so winter wines is really our festival to showcase one uh, red wine per estate. And it's the top red wine that our states produce. And we've got 25 of our states exhibiting on the day. And it is the 17th of August from 12 till 5 in the afternoon. And people can buy their tickets on uh, Web Tickets, which is www.webtickets.co.za. The tickets are 180 rand per person. And for that, you get entrance to the museum as well as a glass to taste your wines. And there will be live music, and Newton and his band will be there. And there will also be wonderful selection of food to purchase from the Terra del Carpo restaurant, which is the restaurant at Antoni Rupert Wines. Now, the problem with these kinds of events is that people tend to wake up a little bit late, but they can't do that because 
the, the tickets are limited. So if you don't book in advance, you're probably not going to get in. How many people are you allowing into this, Jenny? Well, we are allowing up to uh, 500 people. We really advise people to book early because it does fill up, and especially because it's at such an amazing uh, venue. And also, why not make a weekend of it? Uh, come out to Franschhoek for the weekend. This weekend, I know it's going to be uh, good weather. I have it on good authority. (laughs) (laughs) We hope for the best. And, you know, even if it's not good weather, cozy up in a a, a wonderful guest house, visit a wine farm with a fireplace, and enjoy the winter wines. And people can find out more about this where? They can find out more on our website, which is www.franchook, with two H's, .org.za, Or they can phone our information centre on 021-876-2861. And also another attraction is that if it's a wonderful day, we will be playing bull on the lawn. Oh, we normally have that on uh, Bastille Day, Bastille Festivals. Now you've moved it to this as well. Now we've included it on because there's such a beautiful lawn. And people like to do something outdoor, and so they can get their glass of, of tasting wine and come out and play some pool on the lawn. And then before they go home, they can buy some wine to take home. Sounds like definitely a day to go out and enjoy in Franschhoek. Well, every day you can go out there and enjoy in Franschhoek. But if you can't spend the weekend, the day will be fabulous. It's Saturday the 17th of August. But as Jenny says, why not make a weekend of it? You know, go out there on the Saturday morning, stay the night so you don't have to drive all the way back wherever you came from. And it's it's a family event, Jenny. Can we bring the kids? Yes, you can bring the kids. And, uh, you know, they can wander around. Um, they'd also love to see the cars, I'm sure. Well, it sounds like yet again another fabulous time out in Franschhoek. Jenny, thank you very much for joining us on the show this evening. Thank you so much, Karen. I was speaking there with Jenny Prinsler, CEO of the Franschhoek Wine Valley, about the upcoming Franschhoek Winter Wines, which is taking place on Saturday, the 17th of August, from 12 until 5, at the Franschhoek Motor Museum, which is on the Lomorans estate, just before you actually get into the town of Franschhoek itself. If you'd like to find out more about all of that, you can have a look at their website. It's www.franschhoek.com. Dot org dot za. And remember, Franschhoek has two H's in the middle. Or you can call their office on 021-876-2861. And if you want to go, please don't forget to book your tickets before you get there on Web Tickets. It's www.webtickets.co.za. Well, that's it for Time to Travel for this week. And just for those listeners who've possibly been following Graham Howe on his Tasmanian adventures, he still owes us one more week. He still has to come and tell us about when they went up into the mountains. And we were going to do that this evening, but we we postponed that now. That's going to happen next week. So if you're wanting to find out the final installment of his Tasmania adventure, that'll be on the show next week. And if you just wanting to know just some more information, just a reminder that all those tickets and things, information about websites and details about events, you can find all of that either on the Facebook page, which is Travel on SAFM, or you can email me on travel at safm.co.za. But I'll be back with you on Monday evening next week, just after nine with the Law Report, when attorney Nicolene Skuman will be joining us again for our monthly law clinic. So that's the Law Report on Monday, the 12th of August. And just a reminder for the law program as well, there's lots of documents. If you're wanting copies of all these different documents and templates that we have, you can just go onto the Facebook page. It's Law on SAFM, and you'll find a whole list of them there that you can let me know which ones you want, and I'll send those to you.